Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March the fourth in the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty-two. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you also know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is a freedom-loving, faith-filled, fantastic Friday. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Welcome to the broadcast. A quick recap of yesterday's show we had on, of course, Brian Rust with the Honest Money Report. We talked about new crypto billionaires popping up everywhere, according to Forbes magazine. Yeah, they updated their annual list of billionaires. And if you've been following the red-hot crypto market, they say more and more billionaires are being minted. I thought we minted coins, not people, but there you have it. Crypto exchanges should be shut down if they don't suspend Russian accounts. That's Yahoo Finance. Shame on them. China has made all cryptocurrencies transactions illegal, causing crypto prices to plummet. Wow, are we in the middle of a what they call a cryptocurrency market flash crash? Just wondering. We also talked about Joe Biden. The U.S. economy had its strongest year in nearly four decades in 2021, but fiscal stimulus powered the U.S. economy to its best performance since 1984. Inflation rises to its highest level in four decades. That was our one, hour two. We had uh, talked about Sean Hannity suggested on Wednesday that the U.S. should assassinate Russian President Vladimir Putin for his invasion of Ukraine. Shame on Sean Hannity. Shape, look, folks, we don't need to be killing on either side. We'll get into this in great detail today coming up. FDA warns of possible faults. Tests from some tests. Jack Phillips, Western Journal, doing a great job. Hey, the government's now inventing three big home test kits. You can't rely on them. Government's flat out admitting that. They don't tell you the truth on COVID. You can't rely on it. The fully vaccinated, believe it or not, account for nine out of every 10 deaths from COVID-19 in England. And four out of five of them are triple, four out of five, triply vaccinated. In the United States, newly published CDC data shows a massive increase in COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations among the vaccinated when it comes to Omicron. Believe it or not, hospitals receive payments for testing every patient for COVID. COVID diagnosis and every death, the hospitals get a bunch of money, ladies and gentlemen, especially if, if they put you on a mechanical ventilation device or a ventilator. The truth is coming out about COVID deaths, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Joseph McCullough with the details, doubling down and saying, hey, COVID deaths have been vastly overcounted. 
Dr. John Campbell reviews recent data released by the U.K. government in response to a FOIA or Freedom of Information Act request. Perhaps the most effective weapon against viral infections they're now realizing and admitting is nebulized hydrogen peroxide, ladies and gentlemen. It offers immediate and direct supplemental support for the human body's natural immune system, explains Joseph Mercola. It could happen tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We finished up yesterday's broadcast talking about this doomsday example. They say experts know disaster upon disaster looms for the West Coast. USA Today, they say it could kill thousands of people, could change the lives of millions more. (laughs) It's just crazy uh, what their scenarios are. And I agree, we need to prepare for disaster, ladies and gentlemen. But this fear-mongering has got to stop. All right, it's just got to stop. Right, that's a recap of yesterday's show that's still available online at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Share the love, spread the word, tell your neighbor, please. News the network refused to use today starts now with Chris Carlson. Welcome back, my friend. Sam, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Amen to that. And wow, we have an incredible guest today. Chris, you want to do the honors? Yes, and it is an honor. We have Sasha Altukov with us. Sasha is originally from the Ukraine, so he is very relevant today considering world events. But he is also a world-class dancer, Sam. He started his dancing when he was 10 years old. He won two national championships as a junior and youth competitor while in the Ukraine. He also was ranked third in the under-21 world championship and won the World Latin Cup. At the age of 19, Sasha relocated to the United States. Since then, he became a runner-up and the U.S. National Amateur Championship and represented the United States in numerous world championships. In 2011, Sasha decided to turn professional. Shortly after turning professional, he won the U.S. National Professional Rising Star Latin. He now has won two U.S. National Pro Rising Star Latin titles with two different partners. And I'm going to let Sasha take over and um, sing his own praises with his wife, Cheyenne. Go ahead, Sasha. Take over, buddy. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. How are you? I'm good. And you guys? We're doing fantastic. Now, Sasha has a website, too, to kind of promote to learn more about what he does. If you're interested in the dance and that kind of stuff, centerstageutah.com is the website for that, centerstageutah.com. Now, Sasha, one of the most interesting things that I noticed uh, is, you know what? One of your parents is from Russia. The other parent is Ukrainian, right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. How yeah. does that work then? Yeah. Is that a complicated thing for you to navigate this now? Well, I was born in like Donbass region. And uh, so that part of Ukraine was always considered more closer to Russia. So we, uh, from the birth, you know, we speak Russian language because majority of Ukraine speaks Ukrainian. Where we are, Crimea and Donbass, we, we always spoke Russian. Because we're like very close to the border with Russia, so and uh, yeah, so I always consider. I mean, we lived in Ukraine, but we always were Russian-speaking family, so and uh, the region was always Russian-speaking. So, yeah. So help uh, me understand this a little bit, then, just so I kind of understand the history. Uh, how does this all work then? Are, are the Ukrainians and the Russians uh, friends? Is it like the United States and Canada kind of? Is it, you know, Canada has English ties. 
um, it, it, French ties, etc. Right. So is it like that where there's a, a lot of different allegiances across the Ukraine or how does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, we were always like uh, friends, countries, you know, so it's easy to, it was always like you just jump on the car or take a train and then you in Russia, you know, back in the day when I used to compete in uh, Ukraine, we would always go for lessons to Moscow. You go on a train, like nine hour drive on a train and then you in Moscow do your lessons or competitions jump on the train back and just go back. So it was very easy. It's just like, I mean, the, the distance was like probably to some of the cities, like to get like from from Provo to St. George to Russia, you know, from Donbass region, you know, so it was very close. And we always felt like uh, it was a friend country, you know, so the whole Europe is very, very small, considerably, you know, compared to US. And uh, so it was like back in the day, like traveling from state to state in America. So, and yeah, we always felt like it was, this escalation is like very upsetting, you know, for me and all my family and friends, both in Russia and Ukraine, you know, so, and um, it's just, uh, yeah, because my parents lived in the war since 2014, you know, when it's whole, the whole thing started. Yeah. All right, so let's look at the history just for a second so I understand. You take Russia, you take the Ukraine, you mentioned that there was a very friendly relationship uh, as you were growing up. Give me the long-term yeah. history. Has it always been friendly? Uh, how has the relationship kind of evolved? Give me kind of a, 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 a thumbnail, will you? Well, it, I mean, uh, so the Russians and Ukrainians are very competitive nations in anything they do, you know. So we always had, like, it was never anger, but it was always a competition between, like, two nations. You know, it, it's whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, in any sort of relationship, it was always a competition. You know, so uh, as, as far as I remember growing up there, because I moved out uh, when I was 19 from Ukraine. And uh, yeah, so I lived in America since. But going back, it was always competitive. But we all, always felt because it was both countries were part of the USSR back in the uh, before 90s, you know, and everybody was kind of same country. But then we were separated. And uh, I mean, it was still felt like the same country, but we have different borders, but it was always felt like the same, you know. And then uh, I haven't lived there since 2000 and uh, I would say seven. So things changed. I mean, I visited a couple of times and uh, actually my uh, the very, one of the last visits, last time I saw my dad it was in 2000, I believe 14, right before they start bombing the airport in Donbass in Donetsk. You know, I was, I, I left that airport and then Five or six days later, they start bombing the airport. So wow. that was last time I saw my dad. So, I mean, All right, just for people to the... understand, just yeah. for people to understand, Russia's got about 150 million people population-wise, and the Ukraine's yeah. got about 50 million people population-wise. So Russia's about right. triple the size uh, of the Ukraine, right? Yeah. So, but Ukraine is the biggest country in Europe because uh, Russia spread around Asia. And stuff, but if you look at the the size of the country, Ukraine is the biggest country in the whole Europe. Uh, so you're not talking population now; you're talking about square miles, right, or size? Size, size wise, yes, yes, yes. yes right. So uh, understand, ladies and gentlemen, a third of the population, but much more land mass, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a lot. All of right, land. ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. We've got an incredible discussion coming up with Sasha Altikov, ladies and gentlemen. His mom or mom and dad from the Ukraine and Russia, respectively. Sounds like a conflict, but is it? CenterStageUtah.com is his dance studio with his lovely wife. 
We'll talk more in seconds. Chris Carlson with us. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and set, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. Incredible interview. Our guest has a Russian father, a Ukrainian mother, Chris. Yes, Russian father and Ukrainian mother. So, Sasha, I, I would like to know, do you feel conflicted in this current conflict? Does it break your heart to see what's happening to your, your country? Uh, uh, yes, start from it does, there? because... Yeah, so, I mean, I'm super upset about the whole situation because, I mean, we always, I mean, do, I have a lot of friends in Russia. I have a lot of friends in Ukraine. I went, I mean, multiple cities in Russia. I mean, the, I perform in Kremlin with, with my partner, Cheyenne, my wife, Cheyenne, right now. And we, we went a couple times and performed in Kremlin. And, uh, I mean, uh, we have tons of friends there, you know, and I spoke to both sides. And it's just it's super upsetting to see what's going on. And, uh you know, we, I, I mean, my whole family hopes this is going to be over soon. You know, we just, I mean, we really just want the, the fighting to stop and we don't want any war. You know, we want everybody to be in peace and uh, yeah, just we don't want any more dead people, you know. So because this is the most upsetting thing that two, uh, like, neighbors going against each other and uh, trying to fight each other and uh, innocent people die. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have friends and family members maybe that that end up as casualties of this war. So if you yeah. had your druthers, 
if you had if you were able to decide uh, which uh, side of the border would then the Donbass region lie at the end of this war? Do you prefer Russia or the Ukraine, Sasha? Well, I don't know. You see, the thing is, like when I left, because uh, I finished the school, yes, and then I moved out from my family when I was 15 to pursue my dance career, right? And uh, uh, back then there was no like a separation. It's better to live here, live better to live there. And I lived for about three years in Kharkiv, was being being heavily bombed right now, and uh, so I have a lot of friends there too, and it's also in the east, very close to Russia, right? So, and uh, I also, I mean, I perform a lot of times in Kiev, so I cannot say which side I take because I haven't physically lived there for a while, so I'm not sure what real what the real situation is, you know. So, like when I when I moved from there, everything was in peace and everybody was happy, and uh, Russia side was happy, Ukrainian side was happy. So I remember living in Ukraine in a happy environment, you know, and, and everything was successful and uh, uh, well, there was no issues. So I don't really know how is it right now there, you know. So I just, like I said, which side I would take, I just take the side of no war at this point because I don't really sure and I cannot suggest uh, because I hear, because the, the, the problem is, is like my one, I have two more brothers, right, one lives, right now in Donetsk and and another one is in Ukraine. So I mean the the chance of possibilities like when one one of my brothers have to fight another brother because they live in two different regions. And that's wow. the part we don't want to happen. Yeah. All right. So let me let me just ask this question, uh, Sasha. Why the war though? I mean why are we why are they at war anyway? Why is there an invasion? Is it a matter of the mother country, Russia, is kind of saying, hey your breakaway? Is it uh, kind of like a a China-Taiwan discussion a little bit where they're reclaiming territory? Or what's driving this thing? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. You see, the, the, there's a lot of... Because uh, it's like, it depends with region you live in, you know, because they, they, I, I see some Russian news, they say in one thing. I see Ukrainian news, they say in another thing. So I'm not really sure what the real story is at this point, you know, and what that they actually fighting for, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, you know, and then like everybody else, you either go on Twitter and trying to read things or you watch news on TV and trying to figure out what the situation is. So for myself, like uh, I could see just the, you know, Russia's like they say, they try to free up all those people in Donbass and uh, Luhansk uh, states, but, uh, Ukrainians see it completely differently, so I'm not sure because I'm not there. So, like, I understand uh, the people of Donbass and Luhansk, their position, you know, because, uh, I mean, they're very close to Russia. And uh, But I also understand people of the rest of the Ukraine, they don't want to take those pieces apart, like uh, uh, Crimea. Uh, so they don't want to end up like Crimea. So they want their uh, borders to be the same as they were, like, 10 years ago. So... Yeah, so I'm not sure really uh, what what the situation is here because, like I, like I said, there's a lot of disinformation out there. Yeah, that's the problem. You don't know who to trust, especially the news outlets. So, yeah. I, I, Sasha, I understand that in the case of the uh, Crimea, that 97% of the people actually voted to, uh, to go with Russia rather than the Ukraine. Is that... Yeah. Do you think that's possible? That 97% of the people would, would have 
you believe so. Okay. Will that be the case with the Donbass region as well, do you think? Well, I mean, if they ask right now, I'm sure they It'd probably a little say lower. yes. Like, we want to be part of uh, uh, part of Russia, you know. Like, we, when, when we talk about Crimea, I had a lot of friends in Crimea, you know, back in the day. I performed a lot of times in Crimea, too. And uh, there's a lot of people who consider themselves as Russians who live there, you know. So I'm sure when the, they did the voting, they, they, if they had a choice, I could see that reason why would they want to be part of Russia because there was a lot of Russians speaking there and uh, a lot of Russian citizens, they had a lot of properties there who would go and just for vacation because it's a good vacation area there. You know, we have a uh, sea there, nice beaches and, uh, you know, the weather always good. So, and uh, there was a lot of, lots of, lots of Russian speaking people there. So I could see why they voted for Crimea and be part of uh, uh, Russia. But 97%, I'm not sure it sounds a little high, but uh, I could see why would they why they would vote for, to be part of the Russia. Well, and and if in the Crimea they were able to accomplish that feat peacefully, why couldn't they have done that with the Donbass region? Why couldn't they have just negotiated with their diplomats and just given Russia that portion which is clearly predominantly favored to Russia? I don't understand why we had to have a war in order to accomplish this, and now it's going to create a mess in the entire country. Well, yeah, that's that's the issue, you you know. So, and uh, the, I'm not sure why there was no way of uh, peacefully sorting this whole thing out because I, I'm sure there, there's ways always, you know. But as far as I understood from watching the news, Russia was afraid of uh, uh, NATO putting their military bases in Ukraine, and so that that thing got escalated as far as I understand the Russian side. But I don't understand why there was no way of like trying to find a way to promise there's going to be no military base in Ukraine and then that thing would never get escalated. So, yeah, so it's like I asked a lot of people the same same question. They they also find it interesting why would they have to start the war in order to prove some points instead of just organizing some kind of meeting when everybody can just be like, hey, you know what, we're just not going to, we're going to promise not going to be military bases here, you're safe and uh, there's no threat to Russia. Yeah, so that's the part what's most confusing. Yeah, confusing to me and Sam as well. So, Sam, do you have some uh, another question to ask? Yeah, so let me ask this question. You know, it seems like everybody wants to take sides in this, uh -huh. uh, sir, and and I don't understand why. If if people like you who grew up there, you've got a Russian father, a Ukrainian mother. You're saying, hey, there's so much disinformation out there. It's hard to know which side to pick. The sad part is that these two countries used to be incredible friends uh, with, a, with a peaceful but yet, you know, hey, competition kind of rivalry, uh, which is really relatively normal, uh, et cetera. Yeah. That, you know what? You, spoke, you speak Russian. You speak Ukrainian. Uh, you know, this history, why is everybody picking sides and why do we have to pick sides? Can't I just pray for them all and stay the heck out of it and say, you know what? I love you all and, and I hope you come to your senses and stop fighting and I hope we can get back to uh, doing what people do best, which is, you know what? Husbands love their wives and wives love their husbands and they both love their children and everybody wants the same thing, just a fantastic family life. You want to be about your career, which is dancing. Can't we just all get back to that? And get, do we got to pick sides? Well, yeah, that's 
that's a little bit the issue because I think like back in the day, like back in ten years, the course of Ukraine a little bit changed. You know, they wanted to be a little bit more uh, considered as Europe, part of the European Union. You know, have a better life because growing up, it was. I mean, it, my parents were not making a lot of money, so that's the rest of the Ukraine. You know, only like maybe Kiev uh, capital. You know, people live there; they make quite a bit better income than the rest of the Ukraine. And I think there was always a goal, like to go somewhere else or like for example i end up in america for just you know because i wanted to try and see if i can find better uh living here you know than in ukraine because the things are tough there you know so and they, it's hard to uh find a good job where you, where you can afford things and uh, and afford to support your family and uh, ukraine course was always go towards europe you know so and uh uh, I think that's when the separation started happening a little bit between uh, Russia and Ukraine because Russia was, I mean, self-established country, you know, the, the, the life itself. Right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen, our guest Chris Carlson with me and Sasha Altikoff on your radio. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Death and destruction continues in Ukraine as Russian soldiers continue their quest across Europe's second largest country. The latest victim is Europe's largest nuclear power plant attacked by Russian bombs overnight. David Nichols is with South Africa's Nuclear Energy Corporation and describes the power plant's characteristics on ENCA News. I cannot believe somebody is actually going to directly target the, the reactor. Um, what you'd be doing is at best trying to knock out the auxiliaries around it, which would cause the plant potentially to lose cooling, which would be very similar in that sense to the Three Mile Island accident in 1979 in the USA. The Zaberzea nuclear power plant is now in control by Russian soldiers. Florida Senate passed a bill last night, 23 to 15, to ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign the bill. USA Radio News. Okay, so we got the chorizo dumplings, the cucumber empanadas. Sara's food truck is popping off. Come on, guys, let's pick it up, all right? But if she doesn't find a new chef, her truck will be stuck. Carl quit this morning, so Jessica, I'm going to need you on the fryer. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think now, especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue, and Dynavite has helped tremendously in our house with that. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. The Dynavite, the being at home, working with them, they all love it. Me and Chewy are together 24-7. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. With inflation and gas prices striking hard on American wallets, what is Washington going to do about this crisis? 
with Americans continuing to get pounded at the gas pump. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki asked in her daily news conference what the president is going to do about it. The president is quite focused on making sure that we are taking uh, steps to reduce the impact, to ensure there's supply necessary out there. Obviously, tapping the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as part of that, engaging with global partners around the world who may be big global suppliers about uh, putting more uh, oil in the system. AAA is now reporting the national average at $3.73 a gallon. That's up $0.08 from just yesterday, $0.32 from a month ago, and over a dollar 12 months ago. From the USA Radio News Washington Bureau, I'm John Hunt. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina introduced a resolution Wednesday calling for an international court to investigate Russian President Vladimir Putin for war crimes. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson riding shotgun on the broadcast today. Sasha Olikoff, our guest, center stage, performing arts studio is where he's an incredible professional dancer, along with his wife. They instruct and teach and have classes and all kinds of cool stuff. To learn more, centerstageutah.com. That's centerstageutah.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, Sasha's parents, uh, one's his father, Russian, his mother, Ukrainian. So uh, be, in your family then, between your parents, and I don't mean to make this too personal, but I just, I'm trying to understand something. Why is everybody picking sides? I don't get it. Most people don't even know what it's about. I don't. I, I mean, I, I understand there's border territorial lines or whatever else, and but I don't really understand the conflict exactly, and I don't understand why America... Uh, needs to be involved in pick sides at all. They're dumping uh, Russian alcohol down the drain, uh, which I don't understand at all. Um, since, you know, the Russians already got their money, uh, I just don't get it. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We just get whacked out, crazy emotional folks, and just do whacked out, crazy things. Uh, but, Sasha, is there, is there a rift between your parents? Are they picking sides? No, no, my, no, my parents not picking sides, you know, because, like I said, I mean, they live there. Uh, they have, I mean, they have their story, their point of view on things, what's going on. Because, I mean, they, they they have Russian TV, you know, they don't really have Ukrainian TV, so they only see the Russian side, what's going on there. You know, in Ukraine, they see the Ukrainian side. So whatever happens, whatever speaks on TV, you know, whatever they say on TV, they just kind of believe and take that part of the, take that, that part of the story and taking that side, you know. Yeah, which so, is typical in America as well, right? Yeah, typical, very typical. I mean, because, like I said, my brother lives in Ukraine right now. I understand his situation, what they're going through, but at the same time, I understand my parents too, who live in Donbass, and I understand their situation too. So, yes. like, I'm not picking any sides because, like, I understand both sides of the story. I just, like I said, I just want peace, you know. So, of course, we don't have to have my brother going against my other brother, you know, and have to fight the war for we don't know what. Yes. So let me let me understand this then. If your parents aren't picking sides, if we don't really know what it's about, if everybody's believing whatever media they're getting if you will uh it mm-hmm. seems to me that that what we need to do is just take a step back from this thing see if we can all take a big deep breath and say okay wait a minute would somebody please put the issues on the table right yeah so i mean the good thing uh, started happening they try they start negotiations right between two countries yes. i think that yesterday it was the second one 
they come to agreement on something like uh, like supplies could be they can have a green corridor for supplies uh, for people. So and I think another the third part of the negotiation is going to be in a couple of days, a day or two. So they try. It seems like they open for conversation at this point. So which is a good sign. Hopefully they can find some uh, ground subjects where they can talk about and make a decision for. You know, so the shooting can stop. So I mean, everything else is politics. You know, but the, the most important is to stop the shooting of the innocent people. You know, because like the first couple of days it was armies, uh, and uh, but now the civilians. You know, like I, I watched the video the other day where the bomb hit Kharkov, like main capital, the biggest capital, the biggest square in the whole Europe, and. Uh, my university was like three minute walk from there, you know, and it was like eight in the morning when the bomb like just landed in the middle of the city and it's just scary to see the cars on fire and people running and screaming and uh, and crying and it's just devastating because I, I mean, I used to walk those streets on the way to the studio from university, you know, so it just happened in the middle of the day. It's scary, the whole situation. Wow. Are your Chris? parents in danger right now? Sasha, are your parents uh, in danger? Uh, no, no, no. They, I mean, when I called them the other day, you know, when the whole thing started a week ago, uh, and I asked them what's going on, and they said, you know, for, for where they live, <laughs> nothing changed. I mean, they've been living in, I mean, they had curfew since 2014, so they, they live in the curfew for the past eight years. Wow. So, yeah, so for them, I mean, it's like every day, like every other day, and, um, in, in in their region, you know, so what's going on right now. Sometimes it's a little bit more shooting, sometimes a little bit less shooting, but it's more or less uh, the same. You know, every time I ask them, uh, I was like, how's it going? They're like, well, it, it gets scarier when there's no shooting because they, they expect it's going to be something bigger coming up, you know. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's their life for the past eight years in that region. All right, wow. so I, I don't know how on the ground you are uh, in terms of with your parents and maybe you have family and friends and loved ones and, and that kind of stuff in uh, the Ukraine and or in Russia since it's where you lived is near the border. Uh, but are they are people fleeing the countries? Are, they try, are there a lot of refugees? What's happening there? Well, uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends, and actually, I mean, a lot of dancers are helping right now because I, I'm very familiar with dance community, so they're helping out right now. Uh, a lot of like women and children trying to leave the country because men who who are 18 from the, from the age of 18 to age of 60 they cannot leave the country at this point you know and uh, yeah but a lot of women and children are leaving right now I, last thing I heard over a million already left so they're going to like Romania they go to Moldova they go to a lot of people going to Poland and then from there they decide in where which direction to take because some of them have like relatives in Canada some have uh, Spain, some have in, a lot of people in Poland because it's also Poland is the border with the west of Ukraine, with Lviv. So a lot of people going in that direction. Understood. How did uh, you yeah, get to America? That, let's let's hear your story. How did you end up here? Well, I I came because I mean because of my dance career. I, I came for dance lessons and uh, uh, to New York City and then uh, in the studio where I was taking the lessons myself. Uh, the owners came up and they're like, hey, would you like to come and work for us because we love the way you move and uh, uh, you and your partner dance. And then we decided to come and try to stay here, to live and see if we like it. And then we end up liking it a lot and uh, we end up staying. Now, where's your wife from? 
My wife is from America, actually. I came with the other, my partner from Ukraine back in 2007. Yeah, my wife is from Utah. She's from uh, Mapleton. All right, so let me let me explain this to the audience so they kind of understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our guest, Sasha Aldakov. And Sasha, his parents, one parent, father from Russia, the other parent, mo- mother from the Ukraine. They love their countries. They love the peaceful rivalry between the countries. They know both Russian and Ukrainian. So does Sasha. And they don't really understand the conflict and don't want to pick sides. They just hope everybody can get back to peace. Well, that's what I hope as an American. Well, now Sasha moves to the United States and marries an American. So now you've got a, I don't know, he's half Russian, half Ukrainian, I guess, right? But he's from the Ukraine, but he lives in America, and he has an American wife. How does that yes. work out in your family? Is that uh, difficult? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, my mom was at, was at our wedding two years ago, and she, I mean, she 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 loves everything about uh, Cheyenne, my wife, and you know she likes America too. So as as far as I know, as, as much she saw, because she, she was the first time in America two years ago. So, and then I mean, then she came back. She's supposed to come and visit, but then the whole war started again. So we'll see now. When I can, I'm going to be when I can be able to see them again. So I'm not sure. Understood. The reason I bring this up, though, is, ladies and gentlemen, you got Ukrainian, Russian, half Ukrainian, half Russian, uh, American. Mm-hmm. Now the children are going to be uh, what? A quarter Ukrainian, quarter Russian, uh, half uh, American, or wherever uh, your wife's yes. roots are from. And I bring this up though because look, we're all God's children, people. Uh, Sasha, do you want to speak to that? Uh, say it again. We're all God's children. Yeah, that's true. Yes, we are. You know, so it's like it's really, it's really, uh, there shouldn't be any conflicts. You know, we're in a free world. We should enjoy the life. You know, we should enjoy each other and uh, uh, just whatever God gives us, you know. So, and we just have to be thankful for it. You know, we don't have to start the wars. We don't have to be fighting each other, you know, we just because we, we get uh, life only once. You know, so you better do it the right way because you don't have another opportunity to do it again. Yes, sir. Let me ask you this. Tell me about the freedoms in Russia, the freedoms in Ukraine uh-huh. uh, relating to your growing up years versus the freedoms in America. Well, when I was growing up, because like I said, my family, they were not rich. You know, everything comes to the point, you know, when it's like, do you have to make some sacrifices, you know, in order to achieve something? And uh, uh, like I said, the, in Russia, there's a lot of active kids and uh, they either speak soccer or they pick uh, hockey or they do gymnastics. A lot of people do a lot of dancing, you know, so they're very uh, committed and they're very competitive in what they do. And uh, uh, and we had the freedom to do it. You know, the, 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 our parents, my parents gave me the opportunity to travel and see the world and uh, explore and uh, uh, they were very open about it, you know, so and uh, as far as I know in Russia also back in the day when I was growing up, everything was more or less open, you know, because my parents still lived in USSR. My older brother was a little bit older than me. He's seven years older than me. So he experienced uh, when everybody was together in USSR and then he experienced also uh, the Ukraine being separated from, from Russia. All right, so, Sasha. Aldikoff, hang, just stay right there. We'll be right back in seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Fascinating conversation, to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in, in my opinion, I don't understand the conflict here at all. And that's why I think our founding fathers were so wise to warn. You know what? you got to avoid the foreign entanglements because, man, when are you on the right side and when you're on the wrong side? Is dumping out Russian vodka the answer in America, ladies and gentlemen? Sounds like a bunch of emotional uh, manipulation, but it doesn't sound true. Whatever country you're in, whatever media you're consuming is what you kind of believe to be the truth. Sadly, the truth is very difficult. And what we need to remember is that we're all God's children and we ought to start acting like it. What we need to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Uh, you know what? Peaceful diplomatic dialogue is one of the greatest solutions we have. Sasha Aldikov, our guest. Center stage performing arts is what he does for a living. He came to the United States to dance. Incredible dancer. Put together and involved in a studio. CenterStageUtah.com. Check it out. It's very fascinating. But Sasha was in the middle of telling us about the freedoms in Russia and in the Ukraine. When he grew up, they could dance. They could play hockey. They could do soccer. They could whatever they wanted to pursue. For the most part, they could do. Right, Sasha? Yeah. You can pursue pretty much everything you want to do with it. Just like I said, because the families were not earning big income, so we couldn't take it like larger and go to like countries like Australia. It would be very hard, you know, because every trip you would take it, it would take my parents months to pay that trip off. So that was the uh, that was a little bit the issue, you know, to take it. I mean, there's a lot of talented dancers in Ukraine, a lot of talented dancers in uh, Russia, but like I said, because the incomes are not high. For the families, when I was growing up, it was very hard to take it on 
international scene you know only like the few uh few talented dancers who could afford things they could go and take it on the international level lately it gotten better though but now um like i said the dance community especially in ukraine is uh, suffering big time with this war you know and uh, there's a lot of uh tremendously talented people there and uh, i don't know if you mentioned or not but we're doing uh fundraiser on tuesday at our studio about seven o'clock we're trying to raise the funds for uh ukrainian dancers and uh, send the money you know to to help them in this difficult situation okay so you're not raising money for ukraine as opposed to russia you're raising money just for dancing. It's it's a non-political fundraiser for those Ukrainian dancers. Why? Because you're from Ukraine. That's why, right? Yes, yes. Because I mean, the Russian dancers, as far as I know, I check with all my friends there. They they so far okay because I mean, there's nothing really going on there. Only sanctions, you know, at this point. But yes. the Ukrainian dancers, you know, I have some friends who have to physically take guns and then go on the streets and fight. You know, All right. Are, are there a lot more freedoms in America than in the Ukraine or Russia? Well, are, are we freer like we think more, we are? Uh, well, there's more opportunities here. I would say it like that. You know, when I moved to this country, there was just uh, so many opportunities and people a little bit more open about things, a little bit more open about uh, speaking and doing things. And uh, so I would say there's a lot more opportunities in this country for sure. Well, Chris? let me put a little finer point on that question, if I could, Sam. So, like in in Russia or the Ukraine, Sasha, could you own a firearm like you can own one here in America? Well, I don't think you can. Uh, in, I'm not sure about Russia, but in Ukraine, because I live in Ukraine, I think you can own an uh, not fully automatic rifle, but like uh, you cannot a handgun. Uh, my dad had. I mean, when I was growing up, we were going hunting with my dad all the time, you know. And uh, he owned a couple oh. guns, hunting guns, you know. So, oh. but not like rifles. Well, you see, that's a little different than I, I was led to believe. I thought that you couldn't own a personal firearm, whether it was for hunting or or self defense or whatever. So that's interesting. You could now. Did go ahead. You could. Uh -huh. Do you, yeah. Now, as, as far as, you know, in the America here, Sasha, we have certain rights written into our founding document, the, the Constitution, yeah. where you can you have the right to free speech, you have the right to uh, peaceably assemble, you have the right to petition your government for redress of grievances. Do you have any of those rights or did you feel as if you could exercise those rights while you were in the Ukraine? Well, when I was growing up, because you see, with if we uh, like we had a lot of different presidents, right? So, and then with each uh, president, it's different, uh, um, different vibe and different things you can do. So, like I said, the, the Zelensky president, uh, who uh, who is in charge right now, right? So, uh, uh -huh. when I was growing up, I was watching his comedian's show because he's a comedian, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't there, but I heard that he was doing like um, a series on TV when he was like regular person, like regular Ukrainian, and then they make him president, and uh, he started defending people's rights, and then it, it, that show became super popular, and then he started, somebody suggested for him to start running for president, and he got super popular, became president, and as far as I understand, he's fighting for people's rights right now and trying to take Ukraine to uh european union and then try to get ukraine to the different stage but like i said we had different presidents and the dynamics with each presidents were different so with some of them mm. you could 
you could feel free a little bit more with some of with the other ones there's a lot more restrictions so uh, so like i said we had revolution 2014 because of one president and people didn't like the regime they uh, what is it they attacked his house and then he had to run away to russia and hide in russia so because that president was super pro russia one and people didn't like the regime so they i think the the whole issue is because people want to be a little bit more free and then they want to be part of relying on Russia a lot and they want to be a little bit more involved in European Union have freedoms like in Europe people have in Europe you know so and uh, like I said it just depends on the president that one eight years ago was very pro-Russia Zelensky is very much pro-Europe you know he doesn't want to be uh, do anything with Russia just wants to be free so I think that's where the issue is escalated and I think he Zelensky trying to protect the popular vote in Ukraine and uh, okay, try so, to get Ukraine to the European Union. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that's why Russia doesn't like them. Um, that, maybe that's, that could be the issue, you know, so because, like, yeah. I felt like Ukraine was always like a, a sister to Russia, you know, and now Ukraine tried to yeah. get to European Union, kind of tried to separate the, uh, and... Uh, escape kind of in a way from Russia, you know, and maybe that would be part of the issue with why the whole thing got escalated. Exactly. Now, what about religion? Is there freedom of religion in the Ukraine? Or, you know, when you were growing yeah, up, like, for example, religion, yeah. here in Utah, uh, the Mormon, okay, did like the Mormon church is very popular here in Utah, as you know. Um, it, did, did you ever recall seeing uh, Mormon congregations in the Ukraine where you lived? I, I did. I did. Yeah, my school was actually. Uh, yeah, where I where I used to live in Donbass, my school was right in the center of the city. I was always talking to missionaries back then when I was like in the fifth or sixth grade, you know, and because uh, I was very curious in the English language and uh, math in school, so I always wanted to practice my English talking to missionaries. So, because there's like, there's not of English, there's not a lot of English speaking oh, people. Mormon in, missionaries? Yeah, Mormon missionaries, yeah. Right. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. So, so I've got a question. So, as far as um, NATO and the European Union was concerned, was that a topic while you were in uh, the Ukraine growing up? Did people talk about that or was that kind of on the back burner? Because that was know, a little bit on the back. That that's one of the big um, friction points. Yeah. In the yeah, it so wasn't they, it wasn't was something up, that uh, teenagers uh, stood around and talked about. No, no, we didn't okay. talk about it. I, much, I'm just curious because that that's one of Russia. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe among the parents, it was a little more of a, a topic of conversation or something. Okay, because now it's I mean that's a major topic of conversation especially among they don't want uh to see the ukraine uh become part of nato uh and yeah. that's one of the reasons that russia invaded them so okay mm -hmm. i understand yeah because russia and believes it's kind of the mother it, country and if anybody's going to belong to nato it'll be russia but the russian <clears throat> government doesn't want to become part of nato the interesting thing about all that is i don't want to be part of nato either i'd like to get america yeah. out of nato uh you know the un yeah. uh, seems to be silent when they could really negotiate and do some good, but yet the UN, whenever it comes to the fighting, uh, wants to go ahead and be involved at every turn. Uh, so I yeah. would like to understand this, uh, Sasha.
Mm-hmm. What can we as Americans do? I think not picking sides is one of the big things we can do. But what else can we yeah. do to help? Uh, okay, I believe we're all God's children. I would like peace, not war, everywhere. How do we help accomplish that? Well, you, you said it right. I don't think picking sides will make uh, things better at this point, you know. So, but uh, like I said, how I see it is like uh, it's uh, like a family, right? Sometimes we have fights, like when big brother hitting small brother, right? And, uh, and then this younger brother growing up, you learn something from it, you know, and get stronger. So I feel like Ukraine is like a little sister to a big brother, you know, who's trying to uh, try not peek on the little sister right now, you know. So, and uh, uh, I think Ukrainian people are strong, you know, so they they, they have strong will. They, they're ready to protect their country. They're very motivated and uh, they, they're ready to protect it. You know, they have a president with a vision who they believe at this point and, I think, you know, to getting involved in this conflict, uh, uh, I, I, it might start the World War Three. it's my opinion, you know, because I think that's what, what happens right now in, with European countries. You know, they, they just, uh, Putin is very aggressive in the way he attacks Ukraine at this point, and I think a lot of uh, other countries are super afraid. And uh, so they, tra- they do the steps with the caution at this point, and... Uh, so and no one wants to get involved. So, but I mean, everybody's super surprised the way Ukraine reacting to the invasion at this point and uh, how they're protecting. And I mean, you see women with the guns. You see old uh, grandmas and grandpas with the guns on the street. People laying down and they they they're making human shields to not tanks in the cities and uh, they fighting as much as. They're certainly they all can. fighting for their homes, their wives, their children, their yeah. way of life, their uh, hearth, that's, whatever you want to call the it. Difference, you know. Yeah, that's what I feel like the difference is. They have something to fight for, where the Russians are just doing the job. You know, that's just like. And then Understood. if you look at the videos from what I saw, there's a lot of 18, 19 years old boys, you know, who's just been thrown in a fight at this point, and. Uh, uh, I mean, Ukraine's still holding out because they're actually, like, fighting for something. Hey, Chris, yesterday I had a Reuben sandwich, man, and I had sauerkraut and Russian dressing on that baby, just so you know. Take us home, Chris. Wrap it up, buddy. Okay. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're maintaining your neutrality, as am I. I I really don't care if one side or the other um, wins, Sasha. I want peace. I'm a peace-loving person. I think they could have resolved this peaceably. But I, I look at Russia, obviously, as the aggressor because uh, the Ukraine is a sovereign nation. You know, if they wanted to make changes, they should have probably tried to approach it from a diplomatic point of view. And they did. Yeah. So at this point, in, I have to take sides with the Ukraine. And I in, in my, in my opinion, I don't, your- I don't take sides. Either side wins, we all lose, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. Because what and, happens uh, is the victors tell the story, and then history is manipulated from that point forward. Sad to say, but true. Sasha, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you, guys. Check out their incredible fundraiser for dancers at centerstageutah.com. Chris, we're out of time. Thank you so much, sir. God save the republic.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. This is the broadcast for March the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America to make that happen. Absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is a freedom-loving, faith-filled, fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. That means that a good doctor back in the house, Dr. Scott Bradley with us, his whole lifelong mission and collegiate series to match to preserve the nation it's incredible and it's all available at freedomsrisingsun.com that's freedomsrisingsun.com and i might say when you go there check out the weekly webinars and a whole lot more freedomsrisingsun.com dr bradley welcome back sir well thank you very much and good morning to all um it is a lovely morning in my neck of the woods, and I anticipate that uh, we'll have good weather, That in the, even if it snows, we'll uh, be able to have what God has granted us this day. It's, it's nice to have some stability. You know, the sun comes up, sun goes down, the weather changes, which is what it's always done. Uh, when the inmates are running the uh, insane asylum, it's nice to have the stability of eons of time that uh, has been set forth on this earth and, and to somehow ground ourselves again in the principles of, uh, of just how God originally established everything and, and, and then ground ourselves in the principles that the nation was founded on. And uh, it's the only way you can make any sense of things today. It is a skiwampus, upside down kind of uh, world right now in terms of what the uh, the people are doing that are sitting at the head of the government. Uh, oh man, we look we look at what the uh, what the president did in his State of the Union address, and the, uh, well, I don't know if I want to take. We can take Ladies off on that. Look, look the bottom line is he's our rock. He's our he's our redeemer. It is even Jesus Christ, the author of our liberty, that Doctor Bradley is pointing to when it comes to stability. Right, sir. Well, it is, and, and uh, that's the foundation that the nation was established on. Um, and it, it's just astounding to me, as I've spent more than 50 years immersed in the foundational principles of this nation and uh, dug deep into the words, the uh, actions of those that were the principal founders of this nation and uh, how they're being denigrated today. They're revisionists are rewriting history and making them things that they weren't but but the, the everything's tied back to the eternal it really is that's how things started uh, even you know before, prior to this most people even knowing that this continent existed there was a renaissance going on there was an awakening in the hearts 
and minds of the people. They were seeing things that, you know, uh, I think the Holy Spirit moved upon uh, individuals to develop things like a telescope or a microscope. And they could see things that had eluded the naked eye previously. And what they saw as they observed these new worlds, if you will, uh, that they saw through the lenses was order and, and uh, purpose and and uh, predictability and and uh, they started saying, well, if those all that there, there must be a, a some some kind of force behind it that's causing these things to happen. And that's an orderly fashion, a plan that it, that speaks of intelligence and purpose. Of course, Christianity and and uh, belief in God was was stronger then than many times we have now, and albeit incomplete. And before long, they were looking for, well, if there's order in the universe, maybe maybe that God has decreed a an order in mankind's ways that will help us all to be happy. And they started looking for that. Where'd they look? They looked in the scriptures. And uh, they started gathering things that would make society stable, predictable, peaceful, that would allow people to live their lives out. And uh, it took centuries literally that the the ground had to be plowed uh, before this nation could be established but the fact of the matter is those were the foundations they came from it's tied into everything that was written and said back in those days Uh, I've seen a number of ads lately by atheists that want to completely remove any reference even to God and uh, they say that's the way the founders originally intended it. No, it's not, and we can prove that. We can absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably prove that they welcomed and sought for God's influence on this land, and uh, they had it. But today, the revisionists say, oh, no, 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 no. The universe is chaos. It all came about of this Big Bang thing, and everything bumped into each other until we came out, you know, uh, there's, by the way, there's an interesting book. It was required reading to all the kids I taught over the decades called uh, Tornado in a Junkyard. It's by James Perloff. And uh, it's fascinating how he used the words of those that brought the false philosophy of organic evolution that uh, was promoted uh, to ex- at the exclusion of God. And uh, he uses the words of those that wrote that and, and promoted it to demonstrate the falsehood of their position and he talks about what magnificent things came out of what they would say would be a uh, just a bunch of mutants clawing at each other in accidental uh, occasions and interactions and and humanity came out of that i mean the miracle of every aspect of it the miracle of birth the miracle of sight the miracle of speech the miracle of of being able to reach out into the universe and seek after God, all of that, just plain happenstance. And I guess that's the world we're in right now because and, and it's just astounding to me how we are. Yeah, in Dr. Bradley, let me, let me add a little bit of context to the book you mentioned just so people understand. The book is called Tornado in a Junkyard, The Relentless Myth of Darwinism, right? And that's important to kind yeah. of add for context. There's no question. I I really recommend it. And in fact, uh, if we get a break, and and if we're still on this tangent, 
I, I probably during the break will obtain my book and just read you a just a little few sentences at the end of the book and and the whole thing is told with such I don't know just it's comforting to to know that that there is a God of the universe and yeah, you, you want to know why it's comforting though Dr Bradley just so the audience understands whenever you hear truth it brings about peace whenever you it hear does. Pure truth, it brings about stability and comfort. It brings about hope. It brings about faith. It brings about encouragement. It brings about, it edifies, it strengthens, it, it um, does all these things to your soul, even though you may not even understand all that's happening. That's what occurs uh, when those processes uh, are at work, doctor. Well, but, but see, here's, we're, we're the antithesis of that right now. See, I mean, where we have uh, these, uh, clot shots that are that are killing people right and left and i talk to people or interact with people so often where they they say oh no 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 it my re recently created heart problems or my stroke i had or my my inability to walk anymore or whatever oh it's unrelated to these clot shots that we take it, see we're in a world of time when we've been taught the, the everything's happenstance everything is is just chaos and, and there's there's no you can't really attribute anything to anything it's just a bunch of noise and if something happens well and, and there is no comfort in that and and people are in denial when they say oh yeah well my my husband can't work anymore well yeah i know he it was three days after he got his vaccine but it doesn't have anything to do with that you know he's he's on oxygen every day and and he's um but but no no i uh, he's he's getting somewhat better. It's been almost a year now, that, and he's 10% better than he was when he came down with this. But, oh, no, don't tell me it, it has anything to do with a, a vaccination, so-called. And so we're in denial. We deny the very eternal truths that that created all of us. God is there. He is uh, the source of all these wonderful, magnificent opportunities that are ours, and yet... We just are in denial every turn we have. And yeah, that's because we're searching always for something, but we're never finding the truth, right? Well, <laughs> that that is the case. Well, and then it says the Savior said anyway, uh, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, that knowledge, that truth of the eternal nature of all things really truly is something that you can take comfort, we can take hope in, we can look to the God that gave us life, and uh, my goodness. But we you can, can only discover truth, though, if you're an honest seeker. Well, I, let's hope that there's, I, I, I think to go f way down the path, yes, but we have to soften our hearts enough to ask sometimes, are you there, God? I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, I think, well, he didn't answer me. He must not be there. Well, have you conformed your life to his standard? Are you making yourself sensitive to the whisperings of the Spirit, or do you violate it at every turn? Fair so question. Maybe. Hang tight, Dr. Bradley. Quick pause. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're talking about this book, Tornado in a Junkyard, The Relentless Myth of Darwinism, James Perloff. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. We're talking about this incredible book. Tornado in a Junkyard, The Relentless Myth of Darwinism, James Perloff, no doubt, promotes creationism. Why? Because the, the book really discusses, James tells his story, if you will, of his journey from atheism to Christianity. Uh, and that's really a journey that a lot of people have taken. And if you study scholars uh, in the history of the world, you find out that anybody who's really a true scholar a truly a, a truth seeker, eventually they find Christianity. Eventually they jettison uh, these other notions. Eventually they go, you know what, um, there's just too much order in the universe. Everything testifies of Christ. And they basically come to that conclusion that they're true truth seekers. James did the same, Dr. Bradley. Yeah, indeed, he did. And uh, the, the book is told in such a self-deprecating way. He's not arrogantly and proudly throwing this in our face, but but he does logically peel the onion, so you, if you speak. I told you I'd maybe quote something at, at the end of the book. Yes, uh, please. And and it, it to me, it's on the final page. It is so eloquent, so sweet, and so true. Uh, the whole book, of course, is dedicated to understanding the false philosophies that have become so promoted in the government indoctrination uh, centers. Uh, they call them public schools. But anyway, here's, here's where he begins. It's on the final page. It says, on the other hand, perhaps all this means nothing to you. You still find evolution more persuasive than God. That is your free choice. Good luck. But remember, the princess kissed the frog, and he turned into a handsome prince. We call that a fairy tale. 
Evolution says frogs turned into princes, and we call it science. We say that a pool of non-living, unthinking chemicals will, given enough time, produce laughter and love, morality, and a sense of justice, sex, and human consciousness. Tulips, kittens, and ticklish babies. Chocolate malts and bags full of gummy bears. Mona Lisa, the 1812 Overture, and the last scene at breakfast at Tiffany's. All these will result because enough grotesque mutations turned out right, preserved by wild beasts clawing each other to death in survival's jungle. Is that science? Or is it like the fraud of Piltdown Man, the forgeries of Haeckel's embryos, the misrepresentations of Inherit the Wind, and the coercions of the Supreme Court merely part of a long effort to deny God? Even after all our disobedience, he has not closed the door to us. Two thousand years ago, following a star to a manger, three wise men sought Christ. Wise men still do. So he has a couple of references in there, like to the Piltdown Man and so on. He takes these so-called hinge points in the evolutionary development and, and exposes them for what they are, frauds, absolute fraudulent efforts by people to prove a point in that in their philosophy God does not exist. And it all happened because, as he says, there was enough grotesque mutations turned out right. And, um, you know, every single step of the way, it's kind of just a kind of a sweet awakening if you haven't ever been down that path before. And um, so, yeah, I, I recommend the book. Like I said, it was required reading. We um, we started homeschooling our kids in kind of the bleeding edge of the movement, and we expanded it to uh, doing a co-op center where we, we taught uh, many young children over uh, many years. And uh, we taught them. I usually went, came home at lunch from work and taught history and government uh, while other parents, you know, dentists or doctors taught science and, and uh, math and things like that. Mothers taught poetry and art and things. It was, uh, writing, it was really quite an experience. But the point of the matter is, though, that uh, we banded together with a group of other caring parents and said, you know what, we're not going to pollute our children with the false philosophies of, I consider them men and devils, that have led us to the point now where a broad brush of society has abandoned the uh, the faith of our forefathers, if you will, and now we look to scientists and physicians and researchers and pharma companies as our saviors and uh, worshiping at, at the God of the altar of COVID uh, as uh, these things are promoted as solutions that really are absolutely destroying. And now we have the military. We're marching to war, if you will. The drums are beating and and we're injecting into all of our military personnel that are tasked with the responsibility of preserving uh, life, liberty, and property in this great nation. We're weakening them. We're, we're doing transgenders. As we're doing sensitivity training for all of those that have volunteered to, to serve and to preserve our liberty. We're having to kowtow to these mental incapacities that seem to be sweeping the nation. And uh, our commander-in-chief is one of the most delusioned of all. It's just amazing. So anyway, we're in, a, we're in a really weird time. We really are. But there is a foundation. We can go back to it. And I've told many times, I think, on your program, Sam, uh, 
when I was six years old and got lost. And my first impression was to run, and I did, and it didn't make it any better. And you don't find your way by struggling through the briars and the brambles and across the creek and falling in the water. And you sit down, you look at your back trail. Our back trail is well marked. Our back trail is a magnificent um, expression of God's love, I think. And we can find our way back. Our nation can. And people that have lost their faith can find their way back also. And that's, oh boy, I strongly recommend that. There is so much more peace in that than the tumult that seems to reign in in the nation and indeed in the world today. So I don't know. How do we get off on that? I mean, I seem to sometimes take the reins and want to run with it. but uh, Hey, Dr. I, Bradley, we, we go ahead and we're pretty good at taking the lead and we learn how to lead and follow and work together and we, we make a tremendous team telling the tale of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. And the real point of the whole thing is this incredible book that you ought to read, Tornado in a Junkyard, ladies and gentlemen, the understanding of how James Perloff literally went from, hey, atheism to Christianity, went from this psychotic idea of evolution, whatever you want to call it, this myth of Darwinism, uh, to an understanding of Christ and the creation. That's really the takeaway. And the point here is wise men still seek Christ. Understand that. And I mentioned along the way in this discussion, which dovetails very well with a couple of points that I want to talk about as the hour unfolds, ladies and gentlemen. You know, they're always searching for something, always learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth, always seeking but never finding, always looking for love in all the wrong places, if you will. And to prove this point, uh, I'll give you an example of what the USA Today decides to uh, do some research into, uh, get involved in, uh, put pages of print to. It is just shocking when you understand it. Here it is. They say fact check, doctor. USA Today is going to do a fact check. You ready? Uh, yes, I'm not sure indeed. I'm not. <laughs> yes, indeed. George Washington's hefty bar tab based before the Constitution signing. So right before the Constitution signing, they had a big old party. Days before that, George Washington's bar tab. It's real. USA Today. Darn rights. They say records and historians indicate that Washington's. Uh, he did indeed rack up. The bar tab estimated to be thousands of dollars in our day, ladies and gentlemen. The Constitutional Convention, well, yeah, they might have got a lot done, but you know what? There was a big old ripping party. Claim a bill shows a hefty bar tab for an extravagant 1787 party. And it was attended by George Washington, of course. Many Americans think of George Washington as a strategic general and strong political leader. But a post on social media now claims that the first president also, well, was a partier. Yeah. And uh, they say Washington's rowdy farewell party is what they're calling it there. And so historians, they did this big old research. They found out this person on Facebook or Twitter, social media, whatever. It's real. It's true. Yeah. They say they call the rowdy farewell party a bender, Dr. Bradley. 
George Washington threw a bender, and uh, they say they described it all on Facebook. It took place in September 1787, near the end of the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. On September 15th, they say after a long day of constitutional framing, Washington then headed a few blocks down from Philadelphia's Independence Hall, well, to the dirty gathering spot. We'll tell you more in seconds, and then we'll set the record straight on your radio. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Russian forces bomb and take control of Europe's largest nuclear power plant. The Zaberzea nuclear power plant in video footage appears to be struck by many munitions causing fires in and around the complex in southeastern Ukraine. Rebecca Koffler on Fox News early Friday morning is a former member of Russia's Defense Intelligence Agency. Putin has a very high tolerance for a very different type of warfare, nuclear warfare. He's prepared to take the conflict into a tactical nuclear weapons employment. Russian soldiers now control the plant, yet Zaberzea employees are still running the operations and are reporting no radiation leaks were detected after the fires were put out. The United States is preventing Ukrainian citizens already in the United States from deportation. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security said that it was extending temporary protection status for 18 months. USA Radio News. I need four more of the biscuit carnitas, two burnt end platters, three... The kitchen at Kai's Barbecue is firing on all cylinders. Greg, help me bring these to the pickup counter. He needs food runners who can hit the ground quickly. 86 on the chicken and we're short-staffed. Let's pick it up. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think now, especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue, and Dynavite has helped tremendously in our house with that. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. The Dynavite, the being at home, working with them, they all love it. Me and Chewy are together 24-7. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. A verdict is in from the officer charged in the botched police raid that resulted in the death of Brianna Taylor in Kentucky. Brad Hankison, the former Kentucky police officer charged in connection with the deadly botched raid involving Brianna Taylor, has been found not guilty. Defense attorney Stu Matthews says the jury's verdict shows that police must have the right to self-defense. I don't know, I'm sort of at a loss for words right now, but... I think absolutely, Brett, was the jury felt like you go out and perform your, your duty and your brother officer gets shot, you've got a right to defend yourself. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. More Americans than ever are taking melatonin supplements to help them sleep, raising safety concerns. Melatonin can also come with adverse side effects, and some people may be ingesting more than they realize because the supplements are not strictly regulated. Studies have found that the actual contents of melatonin in supplements can be up to 478% higher than what's on the label. USA Radio News. 
All right, so let me break this down. USA Today is spending their time. This is why I say searching for truth but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. It's shocking how they always search. They seek, but they never find. Literally, wise men still seek Christ. But USA Today, they're going to do a fact check, ladies and gentlemen. George Washington's hefty bar tab is absolutely real. Yeah, City Tavern, that was the place to go. They all winded on down there to City Tavern. Yeah, he met up with the Light Horse of Philadelphia, a volunteer cavalry corps that crossed the Delaware with Washington there. They all got together, and, well, these researchers discovered the summary of Washington's bar tab there while they were, you know, combing through Independence Hall documents, don't you know? They were on a legitimate uh, errand there, but they just got sidetracked by this. Ooh, George threw a massive party. According to the bill, they say the soon-to-be first president and 54 other guests, so 55 people, did indeed order 54 bottles of Madeira, 60 bottles of Claret, 8 bottles of whiskey, 8 bottles of cider, 12 bottles of beer, and 7 large bowls of punch. Yes, indeed, that would be about 2 bottles of wine, several shots, and a few cups of punch and beer for every guest, they go on and say. The Washington Post reported the night's tab to be estimated at about 89 pounds, 4 shillings, and 2 pence. The rough equivalent of, they save about $15,400 today. So 54 guests, $15,400. In addition to the drinks, they say the tab included food or dinner for all 55 guests. You know, there was fees for broken glasses and meals and drinks for musicians and servants as well. And they have this big old to-do. Now, Dr. Bradley, I want to fact-check the fact-checkers for a second, okay? This is what I mean by coming to the knowledge of the truth. They never get there. So they're literally looking through Independence Hall documents. They're on a, a righteous mission, but by golly, then they just find out George was a partier. And it's a big lie. And you read the first part of the story, and that's what it says. But the end of the story, the article from USA Today, says this. George didn't want to be there. He probably didn't enjoy the party. He was a very, very controlled uh, man in his own personal life and his habits and his behaviors. Uh, he would have never let the party get out of hand. He would have rather been home with his wife. Uh, he was happy to support the freedom of the nation. Um, but you know what? He probably didn't really participate in much of the festivities at all or anything else like that. Now, let me put this in perspective, ladies and gentlemen. You take 15000 $400, right? Um, 15400 divided by 55 people. Display is $280 a piece. And you say, all right, that's expensive. I agree. But I also say, you know what? You're feeding all these people. All these people are there and struggling and suffering to, to be there and to travel there. Everybody needs to eat after a long, long day of work. And so you take people out and, and, and you have an event. Now, I'll give you an example. I'm about to throw a huge event with Sheriff Richard Mack. It's going to be the end of September. It's September 30th. And uh, uh, September 30th, uh, October 1st. It's going to be in Las Vegas. And we're going to have dinner. We're going to have two different lunches. And we're going to have alcohol. Now, I don't like alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. And I will not pay for alcohol. But you know what? A lot of people demand alcohol. They expect it. They want it. And here's the problem. I believe in freedom. 
So even though I don't like alcohol and even though I won't pay for it, I'm not going to prevent them from having it. So when we set up the hotel, they had like a $7,000 bar tab on there. But I took it off and said, look, let's have a cash bar. I'm not going to deny people's agency to drink if they want to, but I'm also not going to fund it. So now, you know, if history comes back, they could get that bar tab and say, hey, Sam Bushman, who didn't believe in alcohol, in fact, it's against his religion, uh, he threw a big old party and look at the bar tab. Wow. Sam, well, when the truth was, I respected agency, people's choices, and I also didn't drink and wouldn't drink at the bar. And when it was set up for me to pay for it, I politely declined to pay for it, but didn't take away people's choices and agencies. So bottom line is they find this little bar tab thing and act like they have the real handle on everything. Uh, But then when you say, well, they gave stuff to the servants, they paid for broken glasses if somebody dropped a glass or whatever, um, you know, and all this, you don't really even know how many people were there. Yeah, there might have been 55 guests, but if you were to provide something for the servants and for the different people and you might have had other people that were um, assistants to different people that came that weren't counted as a guest at the regular party, you don't even know the real deal of what really happened at all. You don't really know any of the facts relating to the case. But what you want to do is fact check and smear General George Washington. Dr. Bradley, this is what I mean by, you know what, they're always seeking, but they're never coming to the knowledge of the truth. All they want to do is down George and make him look like a buffoon um, as they look through these lenses of so-called fact checking. Shame on them all, doctor. You know, there there is one value that uh, the uh, USA Today brings to the table, and that is that if we read it with our eyes open and with a, an understanding of what their intent is, we can see that that is the message uh, destroying the foundation of this nation that is absolutely shot for every single day. Uh, they, they rewrite history. They put spins on things. It is what the establishment wants America to believe, and it is widely read, and so it's it's very influential, but the, the idea, uh, well, that's just, I mean, there's so many ways to peel this onion, if you will. Let's just take a, a statement that George Washington made. He says, for I can only say I had rather be at Mount Vernon with a friend or two about me than to be attended at the seat of government by the officers of state and the representatives of every power in Europe. So he he, he really was a very very private man that, that was uncomfortable in, in social settings oftentimes. I mean, he lived through them because that was part of the things that had to be done to be able to work with people. But the fact is he, he would much rather be at Mount Vernon with a friend or two about him, you know, sitting at the fireplace and discussing things in a sober-minded way. But the, the uh, even on a larger picture, though, uh, you know, George Washington didn't take a salary for anything he did, uh, you know, in terms of his service to his country. He uh, he did ask that his expenses be reimbursed. <coughs> and, and it's interesting that uh, over the years, and this started many decades ago, there's been an effort to say, oh, yeah, ha, anybody could live off expenses if you padded your books like he did. And, and that has always been the message is let's denigrate, let's undermine. Why? Because if you can undermine the character of individuals, you can more easily unseat the principles that they stood for. And so that has been the, the effort to say, oh, yeah, uh, George Washington, he profligately spent money. Uh, Jefferson or, or uh, 
Franklin, they chased the women, whatever. The point of the matter is that there's really no documentable evidence of the rumors and propaganda they're spreading. Uh, you can't find, see, in the old days, let's take, take the women, for example. Uh, people didn't have a telephone, couldn't pick it up and talk, no texting, you know, everything, no emails. But they wrote letters, and those letters were very, very detailed. Um, and there is no letter, no note, nothing historically that you can say. Anybody said, oh, I conquered the great Franklin, or Jefferson and I were, a, were an item, or whatever, okay? And the Sally Hemming thing with Jefferson, by the way, as uh, DNA proved that he did not father the child that Colander suggested was his, and we could explain that at great length, why there was others that they say. And, and that's a big lie. But, but either way, even if some of the founders weren't perfect and they did make mistakes, I, I, I'm not suggesting any of that's true, but I'm just saying, we, again, we cannot look back on their lives and suggest they're perfect. I'm sure there was plenty of drinkers there at that party. I'm sure George didn't want to be there. But if you look at a man that takes no salary, but yet he wants to thank everybody their support and they have this party. Now, I don't know if that party... Uh, and the cost of that tab covered some of the lodging. I don't know if it covered anything else. What I'm saying is we don't really have a whole picture, even if you see that one piece of paper. Doctor, you just don't. And I'll give you another you proof of example. Let me give you this example. When I rent hotel rooms and venues for our, our events that we have, um, whether it be for Loving Liberty, whether it be for the CSPOA, whether it be the 25th year uh, anniversary of Liberty Roundtable Live, which we just did, oftentimes if I rent guest rooms, or I mean, I'm sorry, if I if I book guest rooms, then the meeting space is free. And so if you look at that, you don't count lodging, you don't count all that, you could be deceived very easily about what's on the bill. You'd say, man, you know, Sam must have had some unique connections there. He got that ballroom for free, and wow, it just showed, you know, hey, he, he had friends and influenced people. Well, no, the truth is that's commonly done in modern-day society. So we don't know the, the nomenclatures, the reality, the negotiations of, of what went on for any of these things. We're taking this one thing flat out of context, and we're acting like it's a fact. And we're fact-checking, and yes, indeed, George Washington threw a big old rage and wasteful party there. George, the guy you thought was the real, you know, humble follower of Christ. Oh, no, George, he threw a raging party, broken glasses, extravagant, all... They're lying to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's not how it went down. I'm telling you that right now. Dr. Bradley in seconds, Liberty Roundtable, live. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. Freedomfactor.org. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly 
devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Gentlemen, I think it's absolutely a bogus, absolutely bogus fact check. Not because I'm disputing some of the details they have there, uh, but because it's all out of context and because they don't know the real deal. They say these fact checkers estimate. Wait a minute. What do you mean a fact checker estimates? Well, that's how they lie about fact checks. They estimate this and that. So here's what they say. A binge drinking founding father may sound far fetched, but the claim is true. See, now they're trying to disperse George and all the founding fathers. But let me ask you a question. Let's say that George did throw this party for 15 grand. Do we even know who paid for it? Well, you say, Sam, it went right out of the treasury. We have proof. Fine. So I'm going to serve for two years or um, two terms as your president, right? And then I'm going to go home and I throw a big party and it's 15 grand and say the government pays for it. Um, did the government really pay for it? Or did George, by giving up his salary, and then asking for a couple of bucks, pennies in comparison, to cover the cost of this party. All I'm telling you is we don't know the origins of any of this. All they're doing is besmirching the founding fathers with their dishonest fact check. It's absolutely bogus. And I'm not even debating some of the points they're making. I'm telling you it's bogus because it's manipulated out of context, designed to promote a dishonest agenda about our founding fathers. Were they perfect? I'm sure far from. Uh, but I'm going to defend them, not in whether they drank or not, but in that, you know what, this is nothing compared to the parties they throw today. And, uh, for example, I threw a 25th year anniversary event for uh, my radio program, 25 years on the air. And we literally threw a party. And you know what, you could say it was extravagant, couldn't you, Dr. Bradley? It was pretty nice. It was a pleasant reminder and a, and a uh, commemoration of an effort to preserve our liberty. But if you take it out of context, though, if you take it out of context, though, and you go there to a hotel and everything else, it was fancy. It was nice. There was, you know, uh, cloth napkins and the whole bit, and it was catered, and it was fancy. But when you think about I've never thrown a party like that before. I've done it once in 25 years, and it was a thank everyone else for the support in Liberty that we're promoting. Pretty soon you get a context that's completely different than if you extract a page from it and go, wow, look at Sam Bushman's tab. It was hefty. Well, hey, I got sponsors and friends, and we all paid for it together, and we had a delightful time. But this is absolutely, in my opinion, this is absolutely like uh, Rush Limbaugh says, and, and I use this quote because he's right. This is like a drive-my-media assassination of George Washington is what it is. It's bogus, doctor. Well, the entire intent is to unseat George's character, which allows him to unseat 
the principles he stood for. And, and truthfully, as I mentioned earlier, there's been rumors and propaganda out for decades in regards to how he uh, padded his expense accounts, even though he wasn't taking a salary. But those have all been reconciled by standard accounting practices and, and brought them forward in today's time and all those kind of things. And in actuality, he undercharged it would be reasonable to say that he undercharged for expenses that he incurred while he was fighting the war. Eight years, he never went home, people. He was in the field with his troops. There was a few winters his wife came and stayed with him, but he never went home for eight years. He, he was always running off and doing this silly thing, trying to stand for the cause of liberty, and that's what they're after him for. He would be no tyrant ever. I've got a chapter in my book about his elegant leadership. At no time did he ever seek, obtain, and then begin to abuse power. He was trying to deflect power constantly. When it was thrust upon him, he took it for the brief, briefest period of time he could. He fulfilled the assignment. He gave the power back. He did not. At the end of the war, he was the only viable army on the continent, and, and he couldn't get rid of the power fast enough. His character, his depth and breadth of his love, his understanding. And if you read his farewell address, you'll see that this lasted to the end of his life. He loved the nation. He loved liberty. It was woven into every ligament of his heart as he felt his Ameri fellow Americans should have it. And, and what happens is we get these buffoons that are seeking to undermine. The, the, it's, it's like yapping little dogs at his heels as he walks down the street that these um, individuals that have you know, never let's, let's make this anything. point. He didn't leave with an entourage of security and all this other garbage and, you know, jet back to this and that. Now, I know he couldn't jet, but the equivalent thereof. He literally left as a single man citizen. That was what he tried to live his life as. He wanted to go back and be a farmer again. He kept trying to divest himself of this power. It kept being thrust upon him. He was the indispensable man. And every time, I do not believe, by the way, that these individuals that do this are worthy to stand in the shadow of those that founded this nation. They are simply noise, like yapping little dogs that are attempting to draw attention to themselves. They're nervous little dogs. They can't seem to get anything right. Then they think by all the noise they're creating, ultimately and finally it somehow raises them in the eyes of those that are hearing their noise. But but I am absolutely, I have studied George Washington and, and many of the other founding fathers, these principal individuals that brought forth under the inspiration of God what we became as a great nation. And uh, the yapping dogs today that are trying to uh, denigrate and, and distract and divert are simply there to undermine the principles and on, honestly, uh, because of the noise they've created, a lot of people have been distracted. A lot of people in our, our public indoctrination centers are now believing this drivel that they put out. And, and they cast it aside. And they're teaching other false philosophies in the place of the great truths that ennoble and lift and bless the lives. And, and we've lost track. We've, the wheels have fallen off. The bearings have fallen out. And, uh, and we're adrift at a sea without any rudder or any sails. And uh, we're at a trying time right now. And, and those that hold power are seeking to do everything they can to 
kind of reinforce the idea that leadership is whacked out because they are, you know. I mean, holy cow. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that it's interesting. I have a context, a perspective because of 50 years of study that I can distract myself from their noise that a lot of, me, a lot of people don't. A lot of people take it at face value. They, oh, my goodness, we read it in the USA Today. It must be truth. And and it's like, <laughs> I remember, some of you may even have heard of him, Walter Cronkite. I call him Walter Crankcase and Dan Blather. I mean, some of these people that presented the news over the years have done it with an agenda. And, and you know, Walter Cronkite uh, was considered one of the most trusted men in America and his afterwards, after his retirement, that he was working for a global government to the detriment of our U.S. Constitution all the time. And people that heard him every day in the 6 o'clock news thought, my goodness, there's a man we can trust. And really, it, it was subtly whittling away and chipping away at the foundation to the point that we are in America today, 50 years later, very much in a in a situation where a lot of people don't even know where to turn. All the icons, the institutions seem to have lost their way. Churches and government officials and and uh, uh, educational institutions. It's astounding to me how it's been almost a universal abandonment of foundational things that made us the greatest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous nation on earth and and now we're just adrift on a storm-tossed sea. And and we need to go back to that foundation. We need to go back to our back trail. And that's what we try and dedicate our efforts to. All right. And so Sam provides a reality check on the fake fact checkers, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what I would like to remember George Washington for. The fact that he walked away from power. The fact that he was an individual when he left, without security, without any pretense, he was a citizen and happier and more proud to be that. But he did his duty to serve his country. Now, I don't know if you know, but if you go to Mount Vernon right now, they have what's called a public wreath laying ceremony at at George Washington's Mount Vernon right now. And what they do is they recite the what's called Washington's prayer. George Washington's prayer for his country, and it was adapted from, I guess, a circular that he uh, distributed or whatever else, but it was his prayer for the country. And I would like to think of George that way, in prayer, turning to Almighty God and saying, hey, Lord, help me with this. I know you're the author of our liberty, and I know that no matter what we do, we can't get through this life and or, you know, hey, create a country and or do anything that we do without Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go back to the phrase uh, that we uh, had before when this reality check, wise men still seek Christ. And I like to think of that's what George did, and there's plenty of proof that that is the fact, Doctor. You know, uh, I really truly believe that everyone that holds office should have their morning prayers, read their morning scriptures, read the United States Constitution, and then read George Washington's farewell address before they go to work. It'd keep him out of our hair longer each day. But his farewell address is only, depending on the font, 8 to 14 pages. Uh, you read that, and you will find truths that if we had not abandoned them, this nation would be far better off. You see the, the strength of the character of George Washington in that. So start with prayer, 
read your scriptures, read the Constitution, and then read George Washington's farewell address. I think this nation could be brought back on track fairly quickly. We would get rid of all sorts of things that we have, uh, you know, our foreign policy would be so different. Our political parties would be different. Our economic policy, our issues and concepts about war. I mean, we would be a different nation if there were more people reading those things. And I would admonish your listeners today, you know, I mean, maybe maybe your listeners read the Constitution every day. Uh, maybe maybe they say their prayers, maybe they do their scriptures, and all of those things are admirable, desirable things, and I wouldn't set any of them aside. But I would add to that, try it today. Read George Washington's farewell address. It won't take you that long, and and you'll see what kind of man USA Today is trying to fact-check and denigrate. And, uh, you know, I, like I say, I've got a chapter in my book about his leadership and how different he is from everybody today that they spent billions, literally, become president. He he tried so hard to avoid it. They and spent they billions him, to become yeah, president. And he has a little do. party to thank everyone. And, hey, a few people drink, whether he was for it or not. You know, hey, it's insane what they're even extracting here. It's it, insane. It and and for just to slander a man whose shadow they do, they are not worthy to stand in. And, and no yeah, question. George Washington, he, he created uh, whiskey on his farm. So what? It's just the way it is. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And I wanted to spend time on that. Again, I'm not trying to attack these people. What I'm trying to honestly do is let you know who the real person George Washington was. George Washington's prayer for his country. George Washington's farewell address. By their fruits shall ye know them is the way I would finish, Doctor. Indeed. Uh, and uh, and uh, we know the fruits of what this nation was established on, and we have abandoned them long since for years, and uh, we're not in a happy place in this nation right now, and we were before. So Our prayers are that we can return, family. ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back to what made us great. As Dr. Bradley says, let's look at the back trail. Get her done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out Dr. Bradley's week, weekly webinars, his To Preserve the Nation series, and a whole lot more. For Sam Bushman and Dr. Bradley, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. God save the republic, and God thank George Washington. <laughs>